to signs from the other side. Love Please talk share. Radio. share. Welcome to Signs from the Other Side, the place to share stories of signs, coincidences, and messages from the other side. I'm your host, Fern Ronay, and I am joined today by blogger and passionate mental health advocate, Jessica Gardner. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Fern. How are you? I'm good. How are you? It's so nice to be chatting with you. I'm great, and it's lovely to be chatting with you as well. Jessica blogs for for Chicago Now. Of course. Jessica blogs for Chicago Now, where she is the author of the blog Little Mary Sunshine, which focuses on leaving the world a little better than we found it. And Jessica is also doing that outside of blogging as a volunteer teacher of a 12-week program run by the National Alliance on Mental Illness for anyone who has a family member or friend with a mental illness. And in case we needed proof that God's timing is perfect, of course we are connecting today of all 365 days on World, on World Mental Health Day, so it's perfect timing, and I can't wait to chat about that. But Jessica is also here to share incredible stories of how her grandparents have come through in dreams and even a surprise on her doorstep. So welcome again, Little Mary Sunshine. Thank you so much. I'm, like I said, I'm excited to be here and excited to be chatting with you. Me too. So I warned you about the delay. <laughs> I wasn't lying, yes, right? Yes, you did. <laughs> it even caught me off guard in the beginning of this one. I thought I was like catching on, like to wait a little bit before I do my intro. And nope, of course they they tease me, but we'll get through it. And we actually okay. I know you from you know know you on the internet from Chicago now. But you started blogging for Chicago now in 2013, and we moved to LA in 2014. So we kind of just missed each other. I don't think I ever met you in person. I don't think we. I, I think that that is correct. Um, yeah. I started blogging for Chicago Now in late 2013, and I, I remember that you were one of the first people that I met. Um, of course, we met only online. Um, but then you moved yes. out to the West Coast, so we never got to meet in person. I know, but I love your blog, and I love um, the story of how you got your name, which was that you you were basically always smiling as a child. Like, you even went to bed with a smile on your face. Isn't that right? <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is absolutely true. Um, my mother says that when I was little that I would, you know, go to sleep and I would wake up with a smile on my face and she would come in to check on me in the middle of the night and I would have, you know, I would be sound asleep and have a smile on my face. And so she just started calling me her little Mary Sunshine. <laughs> And Aww. when I started blogging 11 years ago, um, I started blogging, you know, just on my own 11 years ago, long before Chicago Now, and I needed a name for my blog. And I thought, you know, what do I want to write about? And I wanted to write about positive things. And um, so I thought, I'm going to call it Little Mary Sunshine. And the name has just sort of stuck over the years. And I really, I love it. It's it, perfect. It feels like it, that it really embodies what I'm about. So it's yeah. perfect. What I, what I love too is that from all that you, from all of your blog posts, we know that you don't have a, didn't certainly didn't have a perfect life. No one does, and you're very honest about it and the things you write about. And I love that um, you received a one of those wonderful messages. We love, you know, we. Every single one of us who has any presence online has gotten at some point 
But it was, I'm going to read a little bit of it, but it was a letter that said, I'm a regular reader and a big fan of your blog. Far more often than not, you are happy and cheerful. How is that possible? Are you faking it? I sometimes think, now this is a little inconsistent with being a regular reader and big fan, but this person says, I sometimes think you're superficial and too stupid to realize all of life's difficulties. Which is it? Sincerely, the glass glass isn't always half full. (laughs) Everyone's gotten one of those, of course. Um, But I love your reply. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, you know the person who wrote it? I do, as a matter of fact. Well, yes, I do. I do. Um, how, I know. How did they I reveal know. themselves? I don't remember exactly how I found out. Um, it was much, much later that I found out who wrote who wrote the letter. And it wasn't somebody that I knew very well. It was somebody that I, you know, sort of knew. It was like a friend of a friend of a friend. And um, I was like, whatever, you know, if, if the biggest thing you have to complain about is me and you know, that sometimes you think that my life is too perfect and maybe I'm superficial. Well, you know, oh, well. Um, That's their problem. I mean, my life That's is their my, problem. Exactly. My life's not perfect, and, and I don't pretend that it is. So, um, exactly. so what was my reply to Exactly. That? So your response was, no, I don't fake being happy. In fact, in the past year, and you listed, you totaled your car, lost four family members, had a breast cancer scare, and gave up on having children. And then you went through, that was just in that particular year, and then you went through the things that you do to keep sadness and anger and other emotions in check. I'm going to share the link to the post on my um, on my okay. Twitter, because it was really, it's really, you're a great writer. It's really well written. Thank you. Um, and the things Thank that you, you do, including practicing gratitude and cutting out the negative Nellies in your life as best you can. But I love that it was that your blog isn't about constantly posting about how happy you are because no one wants to read that, but it's about your life and then finding the good no matter what, which is which is what it's about, which I just love. Thank and you. I love your response. It Thank was really you so great. much. I I appreciate that a whole lot. Um, you know, uh every day is not perfect, not by any stretch and um you know, I I appreciate talking to you about this topic today because today is actually kind of a hard day. Um, there's some, you know, just like everybody, there's some stuff happening in my family and it's not the easiest stuff. And so it's nice to, you know, have this time to sort of get grounded again. And, um, you know, as I was reviewing some of the blog posts that I've written in the past and the two that we're going to talk about, they really helped ground me and bring me back to sort of what's important and, you know, reminded me that the stuff that's going on right now, we'll get through it. And, you know, I just got to look at the at the positive side, which is that I have the, the ability to deal with the stuff that's going on right now. You know, I have the flexibility in my life. So um, right. that's a really good thing, and I'm grateful for that. So anyway... Nice. I'm sorry for whatever's going on, but just like you said, it'll it'll pass and you'll get through it. Thank you. Um, exactly. Absolutely, were, we will. Were your grandparents merry and sunshiny? Um, my paternal grandparents, my paternal grandmother was not. Um, and you my, had a rocky relationship with her. Which, and I had a very rocky yeah. relationship mm-hmm. with her. And, um, my paternal grandfather, I remember him as being much more 
upbeat and positive, and he was a little more happy-go-lucky than she was. Not that either of them were mm-hmm. incredibly happy-go-lucky people, but I just remember <laughs> that being around him was a much more joyful experience than being with her, for me anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was just my relationship. On the maternal side, um, my grandmother was someone who always found the positive side of life. And she didn't have she, an easy life. So this is Nana. So there's Grandma and Grandpa yeah. Gardner, and then there's on your mom's side, there's Nana, and then your grandfather who right. passed before you were born. I did all my little Mary Sunshine research, but I love, um, that, <laughs> I love the picture of Nana, which we'll talk about. And you can see, um, and she's wearing lipstick, and it's really cute, but it was amazing to read that she, that she really did not have the easiest life. Um, I'll share those vlog posts too if anyone wants to read them. But but it's amazing that you're saying that she she kind of always still was able to be positive. She was, and and she had this way about her of making whoever she was with feel like they were on top of the world. One Aww. quick lesson that I learned from her: she retired from working on her 80th birthday. And she worked <laughs> from the bank, right? She worked, she worked, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, wow, you did your research. Um, so you may know the story because I tell it in one of my blog posts. Um, I was there that day, and there was a bank for her, and, you know, her customers who she had served for 40 years, you know, came in to, to pay their respects and say goodbye, and this little old man came into the bank, and, you know, he kind of shuffled in and, he, if she was 80, he had to be 90, I'm, I'm telling you. Aww. He was much older than she was. And he came shuffling in and came up to her, and he thanked her for her years of service to him, and um, and he handed her this, this package. And she unwrapped it, and it was a box of Russell Stouffer's chocolates or, you know, some other drugstore, some other yeah. box of chocolates that you could buy in a drugstore. Aww. And she held, she held this box of chocolates with both hands. Like it was, uh-huh. you know, some priceless thing. And she looked at it and she looked at him and she said, how did you ever know? I have wanted a box of really fine chocolate. Thank you uh-huh. so much. And she was entirely sincere. And that is he, really this, man, this man must not have been five feet tall. When she got done thanking him, he was 10 feet tall because That's she really sweet. built him up so much. And I just, I, I remember that, that visual, and I remember those words from her. And that's something that, you know, that, that I've always just tried to emulate. And, you know, that's, that's it's really sweet. It says a lot about a person. Yeah. It says a lot about a person, the way they make others feel about themselves which I that's agree. a perfect story. Yeah. And um, side note, my grandparents always had Russell Stover candies, and they're the best, especially, like, there's, like, this peanut butter toffee, like, crunchy one, the best. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yep, that one. I know exactly which one you're talking about. You're right. That one is fantastic. That one is fantastic. So, so your other grandmother, so um, on the gardener side, they passed. Yeah. So the way the, you know, the way they, the succession kind of, it's actually kind of, like, very similar to my story. Your grandfather passed first in your 20s, Grandpa Gardner, 
followed by Grandma yep. Gardner 18 months later, and then later on, yep. Nana passed. But your um, grandpa um, came through, like, he died 18 months before your grandma, but the, I think it was the night before your grandma Gardner passed, he came to you in a dream. He did. And, you know, I was really struggling with my grandmother's impending death. And, you know, I was not there when she died. I was I was living in Washington, D.C. at the time, and I couldn't get to Florida um, to say goodbye to her. And, you know, so I, I did my best over the phone, but you know, I was having a really difficult time that we had never really healed our relationship. And I always felt like that she never liked me. And, um, it, yeah. Was there yeah. a fight you or know, something? That, was there, like, one particular like, were, fight or something? There were a number of things that happened over the years mm-hmm. um, that led me to believe that she didn't like me. And, you know, yeah, even if there wasn't always, a big fight, yeah. Even if there wasn't a big fight, um, it's just kids know. I feel like you know when, right. even as a child, you know when someone, it feels like they don't like you. You don't have, even if you can't articulate, as, right. articulate it as a exactly. kid, and that often carries exactly. into adulthood. Yeah, it does. You're absolutely right. What I didn't know as a kid was that, you know, she suffered from anxiety, and she, um, she's also an alcoholic. And I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. And you know, right, I right. know that as a kid, right? Um, right. And so it might not have been that she didn't like me. It might have been that, you know, it was her talking to the alcohol, you know? Um, exactly. So the night before the night before my grandfather died, and, and those are things that I didn't learn until I was well into my 20s about her. The night before my, grand, my grandmother died, uh, my grandma Gardner, my grandfather came to me in a dream and um, and told me that my grandmother really had always loved me and that was always incredibly proud of me. And um, when I woke up that next morning, and this is still before my grandmother died, um, you know, I just felt a sense of calm and peace mm-hmm. about it all. And getting mm-hmm. this message from my grandfather really allowed me to process her death in a much healthier way. And that, that, makes was a lot of probably the, that was probably the first time that I was cognizant of I'm getting a contact from the other side, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you remember um, the dream, specific, like were you in a specific place? In the dream, I mean, now almost 20 years later, Honestly, I don't remember all the details of the dream, mm-hmm. but I, I remember um, I remember that in the dream he came to me um, and told me, you know, he was very clear about the fact mm-hmm. that um, that she did love me and that she was proud of me and that she just didn't know how to communicate that to me. You know, right? But you got the important that, messages, yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, so I say, I always think that we, you know, we can meet with our loved ones on the other side when we go to sleep, even if we don't remember it in the morning. So sometimes I'll wake up in the morning and I'll say to my husband, like, I think I had a good meeting with my grand with my grandparents because I feel better about something. Or sometimes I'll wake oh, up and I'll say there. like, <laughs> or sometimes I'll wake up and I'll say like, oh, I think they told me something I didn't want to hear, but I have to hear it because it's part of my, you know, something I have to learn. Um, but st- I think, you know, we, we can meet with them even if we don't remember it in the morning. Um, but yeah. oftentimes 
when we do remember it, it's so different than a regular dream. You know, like dreams kind of have that underwater feeling, um, but a I'm, but a visit, like a visit from the someone on the other side, is very tactile, and it sounds like yeah. well, it sounds like your, your grandfather definitely came through because it sounds like you got the message in such a way that was so crystal clear that it just it just feels like it was not a dream, it was a visit, and then the one where your the other so your grandma passed, and then both of your grandparents came to you in a dream, and you guys were smoking and joking. She was having a couple of cigarettes. And it yep. sounds like yep. it was very tactile and real. They were in they were in Sanibel and at their home in Florida. And it yep. sounds like it was very, um, like you felt like it was. I, I keep using the word tactile, but was that what it was like? Yeah, and you know I describe it in the blog post that I wrote about it as that it felt sort of three dimensional, and most of my dreams mm-hmm. are very one dimensional. You know. Um, I don't typically remember conversations that I have in dreams. But after this right. particular dream, I did remember the conversation. And I, you know, it, it, tactile is a great word for, for how it felt. My grandfather, yeah. when he was alive, he had both of his legs amputated um, up to his knees. And in the dream, he could walk using his legs. You know, he was healed. Yeah. My grandmother in yeah. her later years was on oxygen because she had COPD from all those years of smoking. In the dream, she wasn't on oxygen anymore. Um, she was smoking a couple cigarettes, having some cocktails. I love it. Everybody was happy and, and loving <laughs> and having a good time. And these were not things that we did in my life or in their life, when, you know, that I experienced in their life. Um, I Sometimes I think it's possible to have a better relationship as strange as it sounds, I think it's possible sometimes to have a better relationship with someone after they passed. Um, yeah. Like my I grandmother so. and I used to, yeah. So my grandmother and I used to butt heads about certain things. Um, but I feel like, like now that she's on the other side, like she has an understanding about those things. Like it's almost like I can talk to her about those things now, even though I don't remember it, but I talk to her out loud. And I just feel like she has a different understanding being on the other side now than, than when she was here. Um, so yeah, it sounds like you, it sounds like you and your grandmother were like the way you, the way you are in like, the, it was like the way you would be in the true state of things, not with all of the like earthly baggage that right. brings her down. Yeah. Like that's the real her. I, I think so too. And you know, what I remember about that dream was that, you know, they were, they knew hopes and dreams and, you know, things that I hadn't shared out loud with them because, mm-hmm. you know, they died early into my adulthood. So I think I was 23 and then 24, 25 when they died. Um, so, you know, they didn't know me as a fully mature adult, you know. Right. Um, and but they knew stuff about my adulthood and they knew – you know, things that I was fearful of, you know, those things that we're all fearful mm-hmm. of, right, that we don't mm-hmm. say out loud. Um, and, right. you know, we talked about those things. They knew about the times that maybe I'd fallen short, and they, you know, they talked to me about that and said, you know, that's all part of life, that what's important is how you get up and dust yourself off. And, um, you know, I just remember I that they it. gave me a lot of really good advice. And, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and during it all, we had a really good time. And, laughed and you know things that 
that we hadn't done in, well, possibly ever, um, the three of right, us. Right, yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah, it was great. It was great. It and my Nana, awesome. when they came, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to say they spoke to you actually about uh, your Nana, right? What I was Nana, saying right? was that my Nana, my grandmother on my mother's side, was very, very ill when this dream occurred. And so they also spent some time with me um, in this dream telling me all about how Nana loved me and how proud she Aww. was of me. And she, at that point in her life, was unable to talk for herself. Um, and so they told me those things. And they told me some of the things Aww. that, you know, maybe she would have told me if she could at that moment. Um, yeah. Continued to live for another almost two years, um, but really was not able to speak most of that time. Um, you oh. know, her communication would sort of come in a little bit and then mostly mm-hmm. go away. I mean, you know, she had dementia. She had a whole bunch of stuff um, towards the end. But, you know, it made me feel much more peaceful about letting her go. And yeah. so I was, I was, you know, it, it helped me prepare for that day, and that was great. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like they were able to to speak for Nana at the end. Yeah, they were. They really were. Yeah. And you did have a I love the story of of the photograph one snowy march and I'm reading this laughing because you said it was the first day of spring but it was snowing outside and I'm like oh good well, old it, Chicago. <laughs> I was going to say it's Chicago. Of course it's going to snow when it's not the first day of spring. It's been 70 degrees earlier in the, that week and of course it happened to snow that day. I mean, you know, this week in of Chicago course. it was in the 80s yesterday and I think Friday is going to be 40. I mean, you know, it's oh Chicago. Oh, my God. Chicago, and Gotta that's what I love about Chicago. Right. Right. We loved it. We did love yeah. it. It's such a great city. But, yeah, that was – I was like, oh, I recognize that well. <laughs> but you had um, you had a dream about her that you kind of weren't sure it was a dream, but I love that it happened along with this photo story that we'll chat about because I feel like so often two things happen kind of at once as if to validate it. Like so often you hear like stories like, I wonder if that coincidence was, you know, my, my aunt. And then they'll, and then people realize like, Oh wait, today would have been her, her birthday. You know, like those things kind of always happen together. And I feel like this is one of those kind of circumstances where it was like two things happened to say like, yep, that was me. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel about this. And this is, you know, I still have this photo, and I look at it all the time, and I think about how this photo came back to me, and um, it reminds me it's that, amazing. you know, she's still here with me, even though she's, you know, not physically here with me, you know? Um, right, exactly. And actually, I, so after we talk about this, reminds me to tell you about the day in church where I physically felt her. Oh, I think I read ago. that blog post, but yes. Did you write a blog post about it? I or might have. Um, you know what? Okay. No, that actually, the, the, okay. I also told you a story about my mom's childhood best friend who had an experience in church this weekend. Um, oh, okay. But I was, so I'll just tell you the story quickly right this second. Okay. I was in church Two years ago, in fact, two years ago right now, um, my mom and I were in Florida for my mom's high school reunion. And 
my mom and her family had been um, one of the founding members of this little teeny tiny church in Crystal Beach, Florida, where my mom grew up. And so whenever we're there, we go to church there. And my um, there's a stained glass window that has my grandmother's name on it. One of the pews has my grandfather's name on it, is in his honor. Um, and there's just a whole lot of family ties in this church. So my mom and I are sitting in church, and all of a sudden we're standing up singing a hymn, and I couldn't begin to tell you what hymn it was. And all of a sudden I felt someone shake my hand and I could feel them wrap their hand around mine except that I was sitting on the end and there was nobody sitting beside me and they had taken my hand that was like out in the aisle but there was nobody there and it felt just like Nana's hand that oh. had wrapped itself around mine. And, I mean, I know she was there. I know it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And I sat and sobbed for the rest of the church service. Aww. And afterwards, my mother was wow. like, what, what, what happened? And I told her, and she said, yes, Nana was there, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. So. And it's so funny that you say I know it was her hand because I feel like, like if I felt my grandmother's, my one grandmother, and who died now like almost 30 years ago, I feel like I would know it was her, like just the shape of her fingers. And I used to like play with like her, I used to play with the skin on her yeah. thumb. Like I just feel like I would know it was her. I would know her hand over yep. my husband's hand or my father's hand. Yes, absolutely. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is so cool. And she, I feel like Nana would do something just like that. Like she, she's, she's creative. <laughs> She is and creative, and is a I mean, perfect example. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So, so the picture um, is you had please. a. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, please. Lovely tell, tell the story um, about the photo. <laughs> so there, you had a picture of have a picture of you, your mom, and your nana, um, a beautiful picture uh-huh. that you had. You kind of had a, a little Christmas tree dedicated to her, and it was one of your ornaments. Yes. And you put your Christmas tree away, you know, probably in January, maybe maybe February, but even still. Nope, and it was then, January. It was, it was very <laughs> early January. I didn't know if you were like us. And then um, the first day of spring, which is the end of March, you opened your front door. Yes, and there was the photo. Uh, so, At your feet. Yes, I had at my feet, in the snow. So every year, my Christmas tree has a different theme. And that year, the theme, Nana had died in July of 2009. And so when Christmas came around, um, I thought, you know, I still want her to be part of our Christmas. And so I decided to take, um, to make copies of a bunch of photos, I don't know, probably three dozen photos maybe, um, of you know, her with me, with my brother, with my mom, with my uncle, you know, all kinds of different photos um, from throughout her life and our life with her. And I made them into Christmas ornaments. So, you know, I punched holes in them and, you know, put a string and, you know, was able to hang them on the tree. That is so sweet. And 
frankly, I got a lot of grief for that Christmas tree. I will have you know. Um, (laughs) Yeah. A lot of people thought it was really morbid and kind of creepy. I thought it was really wonderful and loving, and it made me very happy. Um, I didn't really care about anybody else's opinion on it. So Exactly. The most important um, thing is it made you happy. It made me happy, and I was I was I was trying to figure out how to deal with her death. And um, mm-hmm. so you know, I I had this Christmas tree, so I took the Christmas tree down and put it away, and put the ornaments away, and you know, I don't know. I took it down in early January, so end of March, two and a half months later, I'd woken up that morning and. I was a little bit shaken because I'd had a dream about her the night before, and the dream was kind of fuzzy in my mind, and I, I couldn't begin to tell you about the dream right now because I really don't remember it. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure if the dream had really happened. Mm-hmm. Um, all I knew was that in the dream, she visited mm-hmm. and But I couldn't tell you more than that about the dream. Right. And... I was I was moving a little slowly that morning and because I had a migraine. And normally I left the house by going out the side door into the garage to get in my car, which, you know, being in Chicago, I kept it in the garage. It mm-hmm. didn't get snowed on. Except that morning I decided to go out the front door. And when I opened up the front door, there in the snow on the wet ground was this photograph that had a hole punched in it, the string was missing. It hadn't been, like, ripped out of it because the hole was intact. Um, the string was just missing. And, and the there it was in, was in dry, condition. Yeah. dry and in fine condition in snowy March two months later. Like, like what are yes. the chances that it kind of, like, fell off the tree and then dragged outside somehow and then kept safe in, like, a corner of a... Like, there's just no way to... to like, I, I just right. feel like, what are the chances? I just right. love it. Exactly. And I love what you wrote because you wrote... You said... I'm going to read from your from your blog. You said, maybe she actually visited me and left a picture so I'd know it was real and was not a dream. And maybe the reason I overslept and had a migraine was so I wouldn't rush out of the house through the garage early this morning and miss the gift she left me. I feel like all of those things worked out so perfectly to be yeah. like like a, a wink from Nana. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel about it. Exactly. It's so great. It's so great. It I love it so much. Thank you. These Thank are you so one, these are such wonderful stories. I just love it. Thank you. And I love like I said, I I love how how honest you are in your blog and how um how real you are that it's not just about, you know, being happy but that you find something good in everything. Um Thank and you, you talk you you're very honest about um um you know, there's a category um, for mental illness in your blog, and I'll I'll share. You know, I'll, again, I'll tweet all the blog posts. But um, I love that you're so passionate about about um, mental health, and I think it's wonderful what you're doing. I I never, you know, I never really, I'd never actually heard of. Is it pronounced Nami? N A M I, Nami, Nami. It is pronounced Nami. Nami. N A M I. Okay, yep. so. NAMI. So it's the National Alliance on Mental Illness. And I feel like 
do people know about this? Do people know about this program? Do people know about these resources that are zero dollars, that are free? Because um, it's so wonderful what you're doing. And Thank I, you. I would just love to hear. I mean, I was just, I just would love to hear more about it and how you got involved and how you were trained and how people can sign up because it's such an incredible program. Thank you. So I got involved in NAMI five years ago. I was going through a crisis in my life. Um, my mom is bipolar. Um, I think that I mentioned earlier that my grandmother, Gardner, had some anxiety issues. You know, frankly, mental illness runs deep on both sides of my family. Um, mm-hmm. Some people are more willing to talk about it than others. Um, I mm-hmm. didn't know a lot until recently about some of the struggles on my dad's side. I've known about some of the struggles on my mom's side because my mom is bipolar. Mm-hmm. And and she also has PTSD. And, you know, and I've had my own struggles. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I've suffered from depression, from major depression, and, and I have really high anxiety at different times. Mm-hmm. And... So about five years ago, I don't remember exactly what was going on with my mom, but something was going on, and I happened to mention it to a friend of mine. And the friend said, there are two organizations that I support charitably. One of them is our joint alma mater. We, um, we both graduated from the same college. And he said, and the other one is NAMI. And I said, I don't know what Nami is. And he said, and he went on to explain it to me. And he said that um, that he had taken this family-to-family program from them, and it had made all the difference for him. And so he pointed me in the direction of the family-to-family program in Nami. And the family-to-family program is a peer-led family education program for families of men of those with mental illness. Um, it is a 12-week program that covers everything from all the different types of mental illness, um, mood disorders, um, mood episodes, um, to how the brain works, what causes mental illness, to the different um, types of trauma, um, to co-occurring illnesses, which is mental illness and drug addiction happening simultaneously. There's a really high occurrence of that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, people people try and self-medicate. Um, right. So then, you know, in the program, we learn about problem solving. We learn um, communication skills. Um, frankly, problem solving and communication skills are not just important when you're dealing with someone who's got mental illness. They're important in life in general. Um, right, right. We learn, we learn all about the different kinds of medications that are out there. So I I started to take this class five years ago, and something happened, and I wasn't able to finish the program. So, um, so I had I kept Nami in the back of my brain for a few years, and then in January of this year, I was finally ready to take the class to to really take the whole twelve week program. Mm-hmm. So I made a phone. I called the local Nami chapter and said, "Hey, I'd like to take this program." There was one that was getting ready to start. It's free, and it is taught by, and this is the part that I really love, it is taught by people 
who have been through the program who have family members with mental illness. So it's not So it's like a support group by, too, right. It is. It absolutely mm-hmm. is. So it's not taught by, you know, these professionals who have never experienced mental illness except, you know, through their therapy practice, for example. And, right. you know, don't get me wrong, I, I love therapists and I think psychiatrists mm-hmm. do God's work. But, you know, sometimes what you need is you need to sit in front of somebody who's walked the path that you are on and know that it is possible to get from here to there, you know? And that is what what the Family to Family program is all about. So I took the the full 12-week program in early 2018, and when I took it, I took it with the intention of eventually becoming a, a teacher for the program. I I was at a place in my life where my mom's doing really well, and I thought, you know, if there's ever time to give to others and to provide a service that I wish that I'd had 25 years ago, mm-hmm. this was that time. So How early on, early on in the 12-week program, to one of my teachers, hey, how do you become a family-to-family teacher? She made one phone call, and the next day I was signed up for an intense three-day weekend training where I got certified to teach the family-to-family course. Nice. So I took the course from February to May. In April, I got certified to become a teacher, and in June, I co-taught my first class and I'm now co-teaching my second class. Nice. A lot can happen so, in less than a year. It's a year ago, you weren't. I was not a involved. Me, right? right. Exactly. Exactly. And it's all you know. Everybody who's a teacher is a volunteer. Um, you know, we're all doing this because we love it and because it's so important to us to give back and to help others <laughs> down the path that we've been on. And right. Exactly. What I what I find is, you know, so now I went through the class one and a half times as a student. I went through the entire 12-week program condensed into three days in my teacher training. I taught the full 12-week program, and I'm now teaching the 12-week program again. So that's what, four and a half, one, two, three, mm-hmm. four and a half times that I will have been mm-hmm. through the program by the end of this year. And what I can tell you is Fantastic. that each time I go through the program, whether as a as a student or as a teacher, I get new things out of it. You know, I'm still mm-hmm. getting insights and I'm still learning things because as teachers, we learn from the people who are taking the class. And right. I just I I am so proud to be associated with NAMI and all the good work that they do. So Family to Family is just one of their many programs. They have, so Family to Family is for family members and close friends of adults with mental illness. There's another mm-hmm. program called Basic that's for family members and close friends of children with mental illness. You know, because there are very different needs. Right, in right, space, yeah. You know, between kids and adults, right? And um, that's free, too. So there's, 
and that is free as well. Um, then there are there are family support groups. There are support groups of people. There are groups that are specifically focused on um, you know, veterans in for more with um there are so many I think we're cutting in and out. I think we're cutting in and out. I think we're cutting in and out. Sometimes this happens. Can you hear me? I can. Okay, good. Okay. Can you hear me? It's, yes, I can now. It was cutting in and out, but I think you mentioned veterans. Is that so, right? Yeah. So there, yeah. I, that's exactly what. It is. So there are programs for veterans who are returning from war, um, who have um, PTSD. There's all kinds of different programming. Each chapter, you know, there there's some programs that are um, consistent across all the different chapters and. NAMI has chapters mm-hmm. in all 50 states, and family to family is taught in all 50 states. Um, nice. And basic things is also taught in all 50 states. But, you know, then so people can go to NAMI.org? Yes, they can go to NAMI.org, yes. And they can, and they can sign up. Do they have to be admitted to the program so or any of the programs? For the family, for family to family and for basic you do have to register in advance, so you can't just show up on a random Wednesday night when they're hosting, you know, right. when they're having the family to family class and say, hey, I'm here. Right. Um, for family right. to family and for basics, they do require that you make a commitment to the entire 12-week program. Um, okay. Basics might not be 12 weeks. I'm not as familiar with that class because I haven't taken mm-hmm. it and I haven't, I don't teach that program. Um, but for family to family, they do require that you commit to all 12 weeks. Um, for the nice. support group, they, those are much more drop-in. In the chapter of NAMI that I'm in, in the Cook um, County North Suburban chapter of NAMI here in the Chicago area, we have um, programs that provide socialization opportunities for adults with mental illness, we have um, we have a program for people who have co-occurring illnesses, so mental illness and drug addiction. We have a program for people with mental illness and epilepsy. Um, we have we have all kinds of different programs. So Incredible. Each chapter each chapter does offer you know some slightly different programming, mm-hmm. but the family right. to family and the basics. Those things are offered by every. They're offered in every state. I feel like I, I feel like I mean, maybe it's just not in my orbit, but I just I feel like more people should know about this. And if more, if more people knew that this was free and this was available and it's in every state, it's incredible. We have to we have to get the word out. My little it grassroots program to, to tell people about it Nami, is. but it's incredible. It, I it wish more incredible. people knew about it. I do too. I do too. Hopefully, and through this podcast, more people will yes, come we're to gonna, know about it. We're going to spread the word because it's it's incredible, and, and I, I think people just I don't know if more people knew about it. Who knows the the good that could result? And how fortunate that you mentioned it to that particular friend five years ago that it that you happened you know, to mention it to him. Yeah. 
sometimes the universe just, you know, puts you in the place that you need to be. It's so uh, true. It's belief. so true. It's so true. And we were so, meant to connect on this on this day in particular. It was so I wonderful so to too. chat with you. Yeah, thank you so you much. Too. For anyone thank who wants to so find you, I have all of, of course, for anyone who wants to find you, I have all of your um, links in the show notes. But if you could just rattle them off for people listening. Okay, so at Twitter, I am Jessica underscore Gardner. Um, on Facebook, you can just visit the Facebook page for Little Mary Sunshine. Um, and that's Little Mary, M-E-R-R-Y, Sunshine. Um, on Chicago Now, if you go to chicagonow.com and search for Little Mary Sunshine, you'll find me. Um, on Instagram, I'm also at Jessica underscore Gardner. I think that's it. Perfect. Yep, you got them all. <laughs> Perfect. Great. Thank you. Thank you again so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I can't wait to. I can't wait to share this far and wide. And to everyone listening, thank you for. To everyone listening, thank you for tuning in. I'm, again, I'm your host, Fern Rone. You can find me on all social media at Fern Rone, R-O-N-A-Y, and sweet dreams. Thanks. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. You too. Bye. Bye-bye.